Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a climbing coach, business coach, and brain rewiring certified coach. In this podcast, we'll talk about all things climbing, business growth, and brain rewiring from a holistic point of view. You can hear more from me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You can find freebies for training for climbing, building your business, and brain rewiring over there. I'm so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. Holy moly. This November energy is, it's like simultaneously kicking me in the ass and giving me a kick in the ass. It is like the most powerful energy I've felt in months. I don't know if you're feeling it too, but it's this massive energy of change, of shift, of get up and move, of movement. We're going. Let's go. Let's do this thing. I'm super excited. Today, I want to talk to you all about how to manage yourself, how to be more effective. Notice how I didn't say be more productive. I think being productive is <laughs> this way of guilting and shaming ourselves for not doing things. I absolutely don't think that we need more guilt and more shame in our lives. I think a lot of us live with a lot of that already. I want to talk a lot about managing yourself because I work, I am a business owner. I work with a lot of business owners and turns out nobody really teaches you how to do that. It's kind of like you go from this place of being managed your whole life by your parents, by your teachers, and then by bosses if you work for other people to then all of a sudden you work for yourself and you're like, uh, <laughs> hmm. So is anybody going to tell me like when I need to do this by or so for me, it's I mean, that's a huge part of why I want to work for myself is I don't want anybody telling me that. But that means I don't have a lot of accountability. I don't have anybody breathing down my neck to get things done. The only way that I'm going to get it done is if I get it done. And sometimes that can be a really, really difficult thing. It's like knowing that you want to train for climbing and then not doing it. We're going to talk about that today, how to get yourself to do things. I'm not necessarily talking about getting yourself to do things that you really don't want to do. I think we need to examine the things that we're trying to force ourselves to do. How can we approach it from a different angle? Is this actually what I want to do? How can I thought shift around this to where my future self can be really thankful that I actually did this thing for myself? And I want to talk about this idea of being effective. The word for me that comes to mind here is potent. How can I be potent? How can I make the biggest impact with the work that I do? I'm not saying work more. I'm not saying do more. I'm saying with the work that I do, how can I make it more effective? I'm really pumped to talk about this, and I think it's going to be extremely applicable even if you're not a business owner. If you're a normal human living your life, feeling bad for not getting things done or feeling bad because you just wish you had more hours in the day, I think this one is going to be really helpful. So I wanted to share a little bit too about the massive eye-opening kind of like, it was like this huge, this, I think it changed my life actually, moment that I had today. I wrote a post about it on Instagram. I had a conversation with somebody in the DMs, and it, it kind of changed everything for me. It, 
I, I'm like shaking as I, as I talk about it because I, I don't think I fully yet understand how big this is, how this is going to impact me and my business, um, I think positively in the future. But I made this connection that I, that I hadn't made before. I hadn't really shared this story before. And the reason I think that I do a lot of the work that I do, my why, if you will, comes down to helping women create financial independence for themselves. And I'll kind of give you a little bit of the backstory. And <laughs> it, it seems like glaringly obvious now that I now that I say it. But for some reason, I was afraid to step into that. I was afraid to, to claim it, to own it, and to say, this is a thing that I help women do, is I help them become financially independent. I help them make money in their businesses so that they don't have to answer to anybody except their own calling. So that they don't have to answer to anybody except themselves, which again is why we're going to talk about learning how to manage ourselves. And for me, in my 20s, I was in a relationship where I actually became, I allowed myself to become, I think the language is important there, I'm taking responsibility for that. I allowed myself to become dependent on my partner for income. It didn't feel good. I knew, I knew deep down that that didn't feel good to me, that I was meant for more, that I was meant to do more things. And I'm not saying there's anything bad with relying on your partner for income, but for me, it wasn't right. And I knew it is because I had this calling, this thing that I wanted to help women do, this job, this mission, if you will. And I wasn't living in alignment with that. There's a lot of other things too. It was it was really held over my head that I was dependent on this person. And it was just on both sides, it was not a healthy relationship. I made a promise to myself, actually, that I was going to do whatever it took to become financially independent and never rely on anybody ever again like that. Never to put myself in a position like that where I felt powerless, where I felt trapped. So I actually ended up getting a full-time job at a grocery store working as the vitamins manager. I've talked about that on here before. And in those months, I became restless. I knew, I knew there was something else, something more. And that's when Lady Beta was born. It was born out of this desire to become financially independent and to provide for myself, to be able to put myself in a position where I didn't need to answer to anybody except myself and except the universe and its calling and trying to get myself more into alignment and spread my mission, spread my words. So it really dawned on me today that because I've had this experience, because I know so many other women have had this experience, that that's my why. My why is to help women <laughs> gain financial independence and take their power back. That's what this is all about. There are so many, so many amazing things about being a business owner. It allows you to, I think, lead a very fulfilling life to do work that you find very important. It's very empowering. It can be extremely rewarding, both financially and just knowing in your heart that you're doing the work that you are meant to. And I think it is that it's that financial piece for me that is so important. It's not about the sales. It's about what you're making those sales mean, what you're making the money mean. Does that mean security to you? Does that mean financial independence? Does it mean power. What does it mean? 
Money has been this taboo topic and subject for so long, especially when you combine that with women. Women and money. Oh God, what's going to happen? Historically, women have needed co-signers for loans, I mean, God, up until the 1970s. So this, this idea of women having money, it makes a lot of people really uncomfortable. And that's, that's kind of my favorite thing, is actually making people uncomfortable with that notion. Because the thing is, we need more women to make more money. When she rises, you rise. We all rise from that. That is the whole point of this. More women making more money will make the world a better place. No doubts in my mind that that's true. That is my truth. I'm really excited to to speak it. And if this is something that calls to you, if you are a woman that knows, okay, I was meant for more. I own my own business. I want to make more money. I want to make more impact. I want to feel empowered then Ignite is for you. This is the last week of enrollment. If you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, November 9th, 2021, that means enrollment is closing on Friday the 12th. I am not running this program live again. I've been called and I have so many ideas for programs in the future, probably not as long as this one, not 12 weeks, but I felt really called to do this round live to create the new wave of business owners that are creating a massive impact in the markets that they work in. Changing, literally changing the way that people interact with things like climbing, with nutrition, with exercise in general. These incredible business owners are changing the the literal DNA of the markets that they're in. And I think that that's beautiful. I absolutely love supporting that. I love helping business owners go from foundations, okay, we've just started this thing, how do I make it grow, to being a confident business owner where they can actually show the fuck up for themselves, they show up for their clients, and they know that they're making an impact. That is my absolute favorite thing. So I'm really excited to be running this round live. We get started on November 29th of this year. We're going to go for 13 weeks. We have a one-week break over Christmas so that you can enjoy the holidays, travel if you will. No stress, no pressure to be on a call during that week. You're going to learn absolutely everything that you need to know in this program in order to transform your entire life. You're going to go from not knowing how to make a sale, how to create an offer, not knowing who you're even talking to in the first place, to understanding all of it understanding that you can make sales when and if you want, whenever. You can literally make a sale whenever you want, generating income and revenue. At the snap of your fingers, you're going to know exactly how to create an offer that your audience cannot wait to pay you for, and you're going to know exactly who it is that you're talking to, because that's a really important piece of this. If we're not talking to anybody in specific, our message is, it's going to fall flat. It's not going to land. We're going to do all of that. We're going to do money mindset work. Of course, it's super important. I'm so excited to be doing brain rewiring with this round as well. We're going to dive deep into that. I think all business owners need brain rewiring. We have so many limiting beliefs and blocks that create this cage that people can find themselves in. It's time to release that. It's time to let that go. We're going to talk all about your product suite, scaling, when to hire assistants, all the good stuff. I cannot wait. If you want to learn more about Ignite, and join this last live round. You can head to the show notes. I will leave links there. As a reminder, there's two different ways to join this round. You can join the coaching calls 
That's 12 weeks of coaching from me directly in a small, small group setting. Or the second option is you can join the coaching calls plus Ignite. You're going to get 12 weeks of educational modules all about the topics that I just talked about. You're going to learn about creating an offer, identifying your ideal client avatar, how to sell, how to get on sales calls, handling money objections, how to reach out to people, how to use social media to grow your audience, to grow and to market your offer, how to improve your money mindset, everything that you need to know in order to grow and scale your business to consistent 5K months. I cannot wait for this round to start. I'm so excited. So again, if you want to learn more about that, link will be in the show notes. And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. The first thing that I want to say is I think there's a lot of directions that we could go with this episode. I also think that this episode could be like 15 episodes. So I'm going to try to keep the information compact. And what I really want to do is view how to manage yourself and how to become more effective through this lens of energetics. How can we work with ourselves to where we feel like we're in flow, in alignment, and we're not giving more than we have to give. So I will also say that this is going to look very, very different for everybody. And the cool part is, the fun part, is that it gets to be an experiment. It gets to be you testing out and trying on things in your schedule, in your daily life, in what you say yes to and what you say no to, and seeing how that feels for you. Seeing how things change or don't change because of that. Seeing how you show up maybe differently because of a decision that you made. And that there's no wrong answer. There's also no right answer. So again, it really is just playing with it. Just play. We're just seeing what works. And similar to nutrition, I believe that, you know, maybe something worked for us for a long time and then all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, that thing's like not really working anymore. This could also be said about training. Realizing that it's okay to release those things sometimes and to move on to try something new, to try something different, just because it's always worked doesn't mean it's always going to work. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about my day and what my daily, (laughs) I'm laughing at this, uh, routine and schedule because I don't really have one. This isn't going to work for everybody, but if you are one of those types of people that like routine just doesn't actually feel that great for you, this is kind of permission for you to let that go, that you don't actually need to have a routine to be successful, to thrive. I think we've been conditioned to think, oh, okay, have a routine, be more productive, that's what equals success. And I'm a living example of this, that you do not need to do that in order to be successful. What you do need is to know yourself. You need to know yourself inside and outside. And the way that you get to know yourself, yes, it's through those hard and challenging moments. It's asking yourself questions. It's journaling. It's working with coaches, getting triggered. But it's also doing that deeper work to understand why you work the way that you do. I have a couple of suggestions that we'll go into in a little bit. But bringing it back to my routine and the way that I run my business, the way that I essentially manage my life is I get up in the morning. I 
typically do not set an alarm. I really don't like being woken up by an alarm. I think it's very jarring. I typically wake up anywhere between 6 and 7 ish. This has actually shifted to be a little bit later recently, which I am loving. I absolutely love being able to sleep in a little bit later. For me, I really feel like my nervous system has regulated quite a bit more. Being able to sleep in a little bit later just feels like a testament to some of the deeper work that I'm doing to really remind myself that my worth is not attached to things like my business or my climbing or anything else that I could attach it to. And like giving myself permission to rest. So just a little bit of a side note there. So wake up, no alarm. Kind of the only things that are pretty consistent in my day is making coffee and then eating breakfast shortly after that. So for me, I like to keep my breakfast and coffee pretty close together because if I go too long in the morning without eating, I can tell that it's starting to wreck some havoc on my hormones. I can tell that my body does go into this like panic mode, this fight or flight and it starts to get really stressed out. I am the type of person I need to have food pretty much right away in the morning when I wake up or I am kind of useless the rest of the day. So those are kind of the two constants. And what I do during the coffee and the breakfast, that changes. That's That shifts always. It really depends what I want to do when I wake up. Some mornings I wake up I am so excited to dive into work. I'm so excited and so inspired to write something. I'm inspired to check on something or change something on my website. I get really excited to check messages from my clients. But other mornings I wake up and I don't want to do that. So I give myself permission to not. I give myself permission to instead to read or to just cuddle with my partner on the couch, to pet the dogs and to have a slow morning. I generally don't put any parameters on myself around when I need to work. I leave it very open-ended, and I'll get into this when I talk about the four tendencies and being a rebel. But if I tell myself I have to do something, it's that's a surefire way that it will not get done. So really learning what time periods during the day work best for me to do work and to do other things like training or exercise. I know for me, I do really well with training mid-morning. So anywhere from like 9.30 to noon, if I train or climb or want to do anything physical, I perform really well. Usually I'm awake, I'm excited about it, and I usually like to start my work day after that. So afternoon or after one. I don't schedule anything with people before those hours. It's very rare that I do, and when I do, it's a full body yes, and I'm excited to do it, but typically if I'm scheduling things like client calls or Zoom calls, they are after 1 p.m. my time. I really, truly believe in, I mean, especially women, like we need to meet our own needs first before we start responding to other people's needs. So doing things like emails, responding to emails, whether it's work emails or not, or clients, making sure that you're actually in the place to do that first. So I work for a little bit in the afternoon, kind of just depending on what needs to get done, recording podcasts, recording content, writing content, emails, trying to just get into that creative feminine flow. That feels really good for me. I'm also currently doing a 90-day meditation challenge, just hit day 30 today, which is super exciting. 
And my preferred time to meditate is actually around two to four in the afternoon. So I make sure that I get that in there. I have a little ritual that I do around it. You could also call this a routine. This is something that also makes me feel really good and, and tends to stay relatively constant. I have my red light machine with me. I have my neural beats on. I have my eye mask, my blanket. I'm all cozy. I listen to the meditation. I get done. I journal. I pull some cards. And I tend to move on with my day after that. Sometimes that's getting back into work. Sometimes that's client calls. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's actually just living my life. We're going to talk about this when I start to mention human design. I'm a projector. I was literally built to work maybe four hours a day. Um, I, I struggled against that. I resisted that so hard when I first heard that. I was like, no way, I can totally work 12 hours. And I was like offended <laughs> that I was a projector. I was offended that I wasn't built to work. I have now come around to see this as a gift because the work that I do, I am very intentional about it. I make sure that it is potent. I might not work a lot, but when I do, I make it effective. I make it impactful. And I think that's what a lot of people miss is we have that condition into our brain. Work more equals more success. It's really reminding yourself that actually it's the work quality that really matters. That's the thing that matters the most. So for me, nighttime is actually like my sacred time. I really like to spend that with my partner, his kids. That's my that's my me time. Like we're we're not doing work things then. Sometimes I'll get excited and multitask. I'll, you know, watch Netflix and write something at the same time. It just kind of depends if that feels good for me or not. Sometimes I'll read. I've been reading a lot more lately and I actually think it's making making me a much more creative person. I'm I'm really excited about it. Getting back into fantasy books really speaks to my inner child and allows me to kind of have that that little bit of escape, I think. And it also inspires me. I think it inspires me to be a better writer. It's also been a way for me to take some more me time because all I, all I really want to do is read. So it's a nice kind of excuse to step back from work and ask myself, am I actually being efficient here? Am I actually doing the most with my time that I can? I am a firm believer that the hours that you give yourself, that is how long it will take. If you need to write an email, If you give yourself an hour, it'll take an hour. If you give yourself 20 minutes, that same email will take you 20 minutes. So making sure that you are doing some self-reflection and taking, taking a little bit to slow down and really ask yourself, like, does this actually need to be taking as long or could I do this in a shorter span of time and actually have it be more impactful and then move on to the next thing? So again, my, my me time at night is really important to me. I don't really have a bedtime ritual other than I try to avoid screens pretty close to bedtime. That doesn't always happen. I'm not perfect. And then I wake up the next day and do it all over again. So you can kind of see I've really prioritized the things in my life that are important to me. Work is in there, but it's not everything. It's not all of it. And running a multiple six-figure business and working maybe four hours a day, like I, I am definitely living my dream life over here. I'm here to expand and show you that this is possible, that it's not just only meant for certain people. So 
hopefully that gives you a little bit of an overview of kind of the things that I do throughout the day. Another thing that I think is incredibly important when it comes to like setting up your schedule and setting up your life is actually delegating similar tasks on the same day. So instead of task switching, so say going from writing an email to jumping on a client call to then trying to create some content for Instagram and then all of a sudden recording a podcast, like that is way too many things to do in a day. And the more that you jump and switch between tasks, the less efficient that you are. So for me, I have all of my coaching calls on one day of the week. I record my podcasts on one day of the week. I do my content creation when I feel inspired to. That one for me is a little bit more loose. And I respond to emails on one day of the week. I have delegated each of those days to have their task and I do not do them before that day of the week. I remember when I had training plans with weekly email support, I would always reply to those emails on Fridays. I saved all of those emails. It was really hard in the beginning because I was like, oh my god, they need my help. They need my support. And what I actually realized is the more that I respond to people, the more that I train them to send me emails more often, to reach out to me more often. Instead of just setting the boundary that I were respond to emails one time per week. Please send me one email and I will give you one response. It'll be very thorough and it'll answer all of your questions, but it will only be one response. Setting boundaries in your business like that is incredibly important. If you are a business owner that's a little bit newer and you have the ability to pick, I see clients on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then I do my admin things on Fridays, I would absolutely recommend doing that. I mean, if you've been in business for a while and you're not doing that, I would highly recommend trying out that system of doing things. You're going to feel like you actually have a lot more free time in your day and it comes back to the energetics. When you are intentional about doing a task, you're going to be able to get that done so much faster giving you more free time to just enjoy your life because that's what it's about, right? It's not all about working all the time. If you haven't yet heard me talk about Organifi, you are in for a treat. Organifi is one of my all-time favorite mix-in beverage companies. And when I say mix-in, I mean you get a powder, you shake it up, you either add it to hot water or nut milk, and you are good to go. That is honestly my favorite way to do things. Sometimes I'm super impatient and I just don't want to wait the six to eight minutes for tea to steep call me, call me what you want, but sometimes I just want to shake and go and it's as easy as that. So for me, my favorite, favorite, favorite Organifi products, Harmony. I've been digging on it so hard lately. Harmony is like this amazing blend of hormone balancing plus chocolate, which honestly, I just can't ever seem to get enough chocolate in my life. So any form that I can get it in, I am really happy. And this one has only one gram of sugar per serving. It's sweetened with monk fruit. And for me, I am really particular on not only what things are sweetened with, but the aftertaste. Sometimes things sweetened with stevia or monk fruit can be like a little bit weird, but this one tastes awesome. I absolutely love it. It is great for balancing hormones. I like to actually double up on it before my cycle starts. I feel like it really helps to support me. And for me, I'm all about balancing my hormones. I know that I feel better overall. I have better conversations. I'm able to interact with my clients, strangers, my partner better, myself better. I'm more forgiving and compassionate of myself when my hormones are balanced. So I really have been enjoying taking this lately. It has honestly been such a game changer for me. I 
I have, normally I have such a sweet tooth. Like I absolutely love sweets. I love desserts. But knowing that I get to have this at night, like somehow just brings that snacking to a halt for me. I'm like, oh, right. I get, I get hot chocolate before bed and I'm so excited about it each and every night. I put a little bit of non-dairy creamer in there. My favorite is the Nut Pods French Vanilla, a little bit of collagen for some protein and to help me sleep better. And it's just like my perfect concoction, my perfect drink. So if you're wanting to try out Organifi, you can use my discount code LADYBETA, all one word, for 15% off. You can go to Organifi.com, which is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, and use that discount code LADYBETA. I am so excited, so pumped for you to try these products my all-time favorite. Like, I honestly, I stocked up on Harmony. I might have ordered like four bottles and I am definitely not going to let myself get too low on this product. Um, I don't want to, you know, start having withdrawals from it. I definitely want to make sure that I'm stocked up on it because it really has made such a difference. And it's just honestly, like with all of the environmental disruptors that we have, all of the hormone imbalances that can pop up, it's really nice to know that I have something to help combat that. So again, if you want to check out the Organifi products, head to Organifi.com. Use that discount code LADYBETA for 15%. So getting into how to manage yourself, this is, I think one of the most important skill sets that you can learn. I mean, as a, as a human, how do, we, how do we get ourselves to do things? How do I motivate myself? How do I become internally and intrinsically motivated? How can I make the things happen in my life that I want to happen? So I'm going to talk about some frameworks that I actually find extremely helpful. If you haven't looked into these before, I would highly recommend it. These have, each of the three that I'm going to talk about have changed my life immensely. I don't even know where I would be, honestly, without these three frameworks. So one of the first ones that I have found infinitely helpful in my business and in my personal life as well is human design. So human design is a brilliant concept that actually allows you to, when you learn about it, when you learn about your chart, you can actually learn how to create the most alignment in your life that you can so that everything that you want comes in more quickly and more easily. So with human design, I've done a podcast episode with Sandy all about this. I'll link that in the show notes. If you haven't listened to it, would highly recommend. It's super helpful. There are five different types in human design. And if you haven't gotten your chart yet, you can go to sites like jovianarchive.com. You can go to mybodygraph.com and get your chart. All you need to know is your birth time, your birth date, and your place of birth. And you can get your chart back. It's a personalized chart to you. There are, I think, millions of combinations, so you're likely not going to have anybody else's chart. It's completely unique to you. And what this chart will tell you is what exactly you were meant to bring to this world, how you're supposed to operate in it, and gives you tools for responding to different strategies, gives you a ton of insight into why you might be the way that you are. For me, what I've learned from this is how I work 
I've learned that I actually need a shit ton of rest. I'm a projector in human design. Again, comes back to that working about four hours a day. I can literally tell when I have worked too much because it takes me out for about a week. The first week of my launch for Ignite, I was so excited. I was like outputting all this energy, all this content, all these things. And then the second week of the launch, I paid for it. And I was really tired. But I gave myself that permission and I knew that, hey, my energy, it ebbs and flows. I am not a sacral being. I am not an energy being. And it's okay. I trust that it'll come back. And it did. And it's definitely back. With human design, you're really going to learn a lot about how you best can bring about opportunities in your world. So for me, my best opportunities come through invitation as a projector. Invitation means I need to make myself visible so that people know I exist, and then they can invite me to do really cool things. Things like inviting me to work with them. Things like being on their podcasts, like Training Beta or The Nugget. But I need to first make myself visible. My gift as a projector is actually being able to see a bird's eye view of what's happening, to make things more efficient, to really see people. That is my gift, is I see people for all that they are. Other types have different gifts, like generators and manifesting generators. They're more built to be the workers, the builders. These are the people that make the vision a reality through their hard work. I'm not saying they need to work all the time, but they are energy beings. They have that sacral energy. Generators and manifesting generators, they're not going to be happy doing just any work, though. It's really important that the work that they're doing is enriching and in line with their purpose, their mission, their calling. So it's making sure that if you know that you are one of these things... Human design will also tell you when you're out of alignment what emotions you'll be feeling. For me as a projector, it's bitterness. The areas in my life where I'm bitter, I know this is not working out for me. I need to make different choices, different decisions. Understanding that when you work more in flow with your design, your life is going to feel easier. I have learned so much, so, so much from human design. It is an incredibly in-depth topic. There are many human design readers out there. I would suggest finding some that you resonate with, following their content for a while, and seeing if this person really, really lands with me, what they're saying, their messaging, and then potentially getting a reading. You're going to learn a ton about yourself. The reason that this is so helpful is because you're going to start to learn what's in alignment for me and what's not. In order to manage yourself, we can't be forcing ourselves to do things all the time. We've got to make it feel easier. It's also understanding that at a certain point, you're probably not going to have a a tolerance for things that you're forcing yourself to do. So how can we make this more in alignment with how I am in human design? How can I make this more in alignment with who I am at my core? So I would highly, highly recommend getting your chart on either of those two websites that I mentioned. You're going to learn a lot just from that. They typically have a PDF with it. And try not to get overwhelmed (laughs) with the amount of information on human design. Again, it is a massively complex topic. There is so much to learn and so much to know about it. I think there are certain aspects of it that are actually really important to know your type, your strategy, your authority, your profile, 
those ones for me are kind of the main ones. There's a lot more nuances and other specific things that you can, of course, dive or dig into. But when you're just starting, I think that those are really helpful points to start at. The next framework that I actually find to be incredibly helpful is the four tendencies. I've talked about this a lot. This is from Gretchen Rubin. She is absolutely one of the most inspirational people I think I've ever I I don't know her in person. I'd love to know her in person, but her work has absolutely changed my life. The Four Tendencies is a framework to see how you respond to both internal and external expectations. Internal expectations being, okay, I have set this goal. I want to do this thing. Do we do it or not? External expectations being somebody asking you to do something, meaning a deadline, And seeing how you respond to those, there are four different tendencies, as the name implies. You have the obliger, you have the questioner, you have the rebel, and you have the upholder. So four different, very unique types of people that respond or don't respond to internal and external expectations. For me, I kind of knew this like way before, but I am a rebel. I actually don't respond to internal or external expectations at all. What I do respond to is asking myself, what type of person do I want to be? So, for example, I am somebody that is typically very late. Um, It's just kind of been that way my whole life. I don't love that about myself. But telling myself, like, you are going to be on time doesn't work for me. What does work is telling myself, you're the type of person that shows up on time because you value other people's time. And that's actually a lot more helpful than just telling myself I'm going to do this thing. So it's learning how to work with yourself after you learn these key pieces. So, for example, obligers, they respond really, really well to external expectations. Somebody asking them to do something, these are typically people pleasers. They tend to put other people's needs ahead of their own. They typically do need a lot of accountability and support. And once you learn that about yourself, you're like, oh shit, if I need accountability, maybe I should get an accountability buddy. Maybe I should hire a coach. Finding a way to make yourself accountable as an obliger will change your life. Absolutely. One of the other types, questioners, they actually respond really well to their own internal expectations. They're usually pretty great at that. You know, if it's going to serve them, it's going to work for them, then they're happy to go along with it. They definitely are pretty wary of external expectations. They don't respond very well to that. They tend to have a lot of questions and need a lot of information before moving ahead and making a decision. Understanding that if you're a questioner, you might sometimes get stuck in analysis paralysis and giving yourself a cutoff point. Okay, we've researched this thing for four days. That's enough. We're going to make a decision after this because otherwise you can get stuck down that rabbit hole, that rabbit loop forever. Understanding that if you're an upholder in the four tendencies where you respond really well to your internal expectations and external expectations, you respond well to all of it, that you might actually be putting too much on your plate. That you might actually need to prioritize yourself more and prioritize other people a little bit less. It's taking a look at what boundaries do I have? What boundaries do I not have? What boundaries do I need to set in my business and in my life? Who gets access to me? Incorporating the four tendencies, I think, it's a super, super simple quiz. I'll link it in the show notes that you can go and take this if you haven't already. Again, it'll give you a little readout of what you are. 
it's a lot of these like eye-opening moments. You're like, oh my god, that explains it. I absolutely understand it now. For me, the way that I've used the four tendencies inside my business is knowing that I do not respond well to telling myself I have to do things, feeling like I have to do things because the second I feel like I have to, it's like putting a little death wish on it. Like, oh, that thing's not happening now. So I sincerely have to make sure that everything that I do is because I want to do it, not because I feel forced or because I have to. So it's doing a lot of thought shifting. It is checking in with myself constantly. Is this something that I want to do? Is this a yes for me? Am I the type of person that wants to do X, Y, and Z? That is how I've honestly learned to manage myself is by understanding my four tendency a lot more closely, really looking into it and asking myself, you know, this this rebel tendency that I have, where did it come from, which is going to lead us into our, our third and final framework, the Enneagram. The Enneagram is actually kind of like the OG, for me anyway, framework. This was kind of what introduced me to personality frameworks. Human design isn't really a personality framework, but we're going to kind of put it under that bubble. Maybe we can put it under like the self-development umbrella with the Enneagram, what it does, it is it actually takes a look at where does your core fear come from? That one fear that you have, that deeply rooted fear that everything else stems from. And what is your core desire? What is it that you want? Our Enneagram is a number from one to nine. It does not change from when we were younger and I think it it really speaks to our childhood, how we were raised, the events that happened when we were younger to create who we are today as adults. I'm an Enneagram 8. I'm the challenger, the protector. There's a lot of different names for it. I absolutely know where this came from. Um, I can pinpoint in my childhood because I was the oldest of four siblings. I was forced to grow up at a pretty young age. I was definitely the protector of my siblings, or so I thought that that was my job. And with Enneagram 8s, their core fear is their freedom being taken away or being controlled. So their core desire is actually to have control. You can kind of see how those start to mirror each other. And when I take a look at my life and in my business, I know when fear is driving the bus. I know when my Enneagram number is coming out to play and it's it's not benefiting me. I think with the Enneagram, the really helpful things that you can get out of it beyond the core fear and the core desire is understanding the way that your brain works, understanding essentially the lens through which you are viewing the world because not everybody is going to be viewing it the same exact way. So for example, Enneagram 4s, they're the individualist, the artist, the emotional it's super important to them to be unique. It's super important to them to be special. They typically have a lot of big emotions. Their emotions are their superpower. It's understanding that. What are my gifts? How can I play to my strengths? How can I work on my weaknesses, but at the same time, allow myself to show up fully in all of it, not hiding the other stuff in a shadow, not pushing it away, not sweeping it away because we don't think people will accept that about ourselves. I work with a lot of Enneagram 3s, Enneagram 6s, Enneagram 7s, Enneagram 9s. I'm not saying I don't work with others, but those tend to be the types that come to me. With Enneagram 3s, they're the achievers. 
we are constantly working to untie their worth, their value that they've assigned themselves to what they've done. Their worth and their value lies in their work, their climbing, their ability to be a good friend, a good wife, a good partner. Constantly separating that, constantly finding ways where they can feel successful, but it doesn't need to be chasing the perfectionism and all of the goals that they have. They can inherently feel worthy without having to do more, do extra. With Enneagram 7s, they're often called the adventurer, the enthusiast. You can kind of see why a lot of rock climbers might might be this number. They hate missing out on things. 100%. They are the type that if a better opportunity comes along and they already have plans, they're going to go with the better opportunity. Sometimes they really struggle with negative feelings. They struggle to express them. They struggle to feel them because they're always looking for that next adventure. They're always looking for that thing that's going to be the most fun. They're really, truly trying to get the most joy out of life that they can. So when I work with Enneagram 7 clients, we're trying to get them in touch with their bodies. Because when we're in touch with our bodies, we're grounded, we know how we feel, we can express it. That's going to be the most true and authentic version of ourselves. That's who we want to put out into the world. With the Enneagram, there's tons on this that you can learn. There's wings, there's triads, there's a lot. There's a lot within the Enneagram as there is with all of these frameworks. So if you haven't taken the Enneagram test yet, what I'd recommend is actually going to the RHE. TI Institute, the Ready Institute, and paying $11, maybe it's 12, (laughs) for the test. It's about 40-ish minutes long, and you're going to get this hugely detailed document back to you. And you're probably going to have a lot of those moments of like, oh my god. Unless you're an Enneagram 6, then you're going to question it. (laughs) That's what I see with all my Enneagram 6 clients is that they're like, um, I don't actually think this is valid. And then they let it sink in a little bit more and resonate. And they're like, holy shit, that's me, actually. It's really funny. So taking that test, I'll link it in the show notes. I think it's worth the $11 or $12. I actually purchased this for all of my clients so that they can get a better understanding of themselves and where they're at. I think it's super important to, to understand what's driving you both your fear and your desires. Where is it coming from? So hopefully learning about these frameworks, you know, this is just a very basic overview of them is helpful, but seeing how I apply them in both my business and my life and what I really can take from these. And that is how I have learned to manage myself is through these different frameworks, through learning more about myself, what does and doesn't work with me, what does and doesn't work with other people asking other people what works for you. Maybe I'll try that on. Maybe I'll test it out. And if it doesn't, that's okay. We move on. We try different things. So when it comes to being effective, again, note that we are not saying productive. You could say you're being more efficient, being more potent with your time. Some people really love time blocking. It works really well for them. I kind of alluded to this, but Time blocking certainly doesn't work for me if I were to give myself, you know, do it between this and this. Um, If I'm really loose with that, if I'm like, record a podcast between (laughs) 9 a.m. and 9 p.m., I can probably get that done. But if it's between 8 and 9 a.m., certainly not getting done. That's too short of a time period for me. Other business owners and other people really love this way of doing things, though. It helps them keep on track. It helps them move from one thing to the next. 
but I would really suggest trying out keeping similar tasks on the same day. I find that to be really helpful, not only with myself, but all of my clients as well. Doing things like content batching. So if that feels good for you, sometimes it feels really good for me and sometimes it doesn't. I give myself the permission to go with it and to be inspired when it does and to not push it when it doesn't. So with content batching, thinking of a couple different topics that you could write on and spending a couple of, I mean, maybe it's minutes, hours, we're, we're not doing days, <laughs> we're not doing weeks on this, and writing it and putting it out into the world, not trying to overanalyze or make it perfect, understanding that everybody starts somewhere and you've got to put it out, you've got to just do the thing in order to learn from it. You can't learn from it if you never actually put it out there. So doing some content batching, that can feel really good. Maybe you can write three posts in an hour. That should be totally manageable. And if it feels like you're trying to pull teeth while you're writing your content, maybe you just don't that day. Maybe you don't post anything. Because here's the thing. You only want to put stuff out there that's potent. You only want to put stuff out there that's actually going to spread your message, your mission, and let people know the real you. And if it's forced, if it feels like pulling teeth, like, is that really what we want to be putting out there? Absolutely not. So full permission from me. If it feels hard and it feels difficult, don't do it. Don't put it out there. This is coming from a projector who (laughs) literally cannot force myself to do things when I'm tired and understanding that I need rest. And so do you. Everybody does. So again, with efficiency and being effective is finding out when, when during the day am I my best for working out, training, exercising? When am I my best for working? Maybe it is essentially in the morning, but putting parameters on yourself. Like if you are one of those types of people that can get up and work, especially if you are a generator or manifesting generator and you are, you have that energy, do not work all day. You have got to set boundaries because again, The amount of time that you give yourself is the amount of time that it will take. So if you're giving yourself from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. to do your work, you'll take that long. If you give yourself 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., you'll work in that and you can live your life for the rest of it. So it's also finding ways to let people support you. I've talked about this a shit ton and I will never stop saying it because I think that most of us could actually do this more. How can I let myself be supported? Can I hire an assistant? Can I hire a coach who can accelerate this process for me? Can I hire somebody to help me with laundry? In what way would it feel good for me to be supported in this process? Because you don't have to do it alone. I know that there's the one saying, I I think about it a lot, actually, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I think about that a lot when it comes to hiring in the direction of my business and the longevity of it. I want my business to be around for a long ass time. I want to leave a legacy. So I'm really trying to create something sustainable, something that feels like it has impact, that it has meaning, that can be continued long after I'm not here. So I wanted to share a card with you that I drew today for myself. I actually asked the question of, what do I need to know this week? How can I be intentional with my content? What can I share for people so that they will feel inspired, feel motivated to take action? This was actually an amazing card. And I was like, oh, wow, this actually fits right in with the podcast episode that I'm about to record. The card is from the Queen of the Moon Oracle deck. 
It is guidance through lunar and seasonal energies. The card is number three. It's realization. Waxing crescent one. And here's the description. It says, with self-awareness comes realization. Knowledge is power. Self-examination of your role within a situation is important. As we move into the early waxing cycle, light begins to shine upon the shadows, illuminating what is. This is the beginning of a powerful process, realization. When we decide to really examine our lives without fear or favor, it can be hard. This is, no doubt, an act of courage. We might not like what we discover, after all. Yet without self-awareness and the will to act upon these realizations, whether we perceive them as negative or positive, we do not get to change and grow The realization that we have a pattern, a bad habit, or a behavior that is causing us pain is a powerful position, even though we may feel worry and pain around this discovery. We can then take personal responsibility to change our situation, since we know our current position. Knowing ourselves more completely enables us to accept ourselves more readily and to dare to love exactly who we really are. I mean, if if I could have drawn a more perfect card, I, I don't think so. <laughs> this, was, this was exceptionally relevant to what we're talking about today. The more you look at yourself, the more you're willing to do the self-awareness work. What are my patterns? What are my habits? How am I moving myself forward? Or on the other side, keeping myself back, holding myself back. Are there things that I could implement to change this? Am I afraid of change? Am I afraid of trying something new? And again, understanding that there's no wrong answer. It's just experiment. It's just play. That's all it is. It's finding something that works for you and understanding and being thankful that, you know, it might work for you right now, but it might not work for you for forever. And there's a lot of fun in that, I think. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I sincerely appreciate you if you have made it this far. I know it's kind of a long one, but really wanted to do a little bit of a deeper dive into this being super relevant to not only business owners, but our daily lives is releasing that feeling of having to do it all, having to do everything, being more productive, and that relating back to our worth. So if you have not yet left a rating and a review of the podcast, I would really appreciate if you could take two minutes to go do that. It helps other people find the show. If you've been loving all things business lately, please, please let me know. I have so many exciting things to come in the future. I'm planning on hosting a six-figure mastermind. I'll be doing master classes, singular and multiple day events. I'm coming out with business audits and intensives. More details to come. But if you have not yet left that rating and review, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next episode. Thank you.